Welcome to Just a Taste. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production in the food and beverage industry. Joining us today is social entrepreneur Aviva Paley. Aviva is Senior Director and Co-Founder of Kitchens for Good. She oversees all job training, hunger relief, and food rescue programs, as well as manages the marketing and communications and assists in fundraising efforts. This includes cultivating program partners, constructing and implementing work plans to meet identified needs, and managing relationships with current and potential funders, partners, and stakeholders. Aviva served as a program and communications associate at the Johns Hopkins Center for Livable Future, a board member for Slow Food Baltimore, and cooking and nutrition instructor at Cooking Matters in Richmond, California. Aviva was also the co-founder and director of Don't You Want To, a national youth voting initiative which promoted civic engagement among college students. To me, she embodies the term, a life well served, and I suspect that she's just getting going on that endeavor. Aviva, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so... uh, We'll get into Kitchen for Good, and I think that our listeners deserve uh, a solid overview uh, of what the organization accomplishes, which is quite vast and ambitious in its scope. But I'll read the stated mission here, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to tell our listeners uh, a little bit more. But the stated mission of Kitchens for Good uh, is that the organization aims to break the cycles of food waste, poverty, and hunger through innovative programs and workforce training, healthy food production, and social enterprise. So tell our listeners a little bit about the gaps you have found uh, and how you help to close them, uh, knowing that, you know, food waste, poverty, hunger, these are big, big, big social issues that you're attempting to tackle. Absolutely. So we really believe that kitchens can solve some of society's most pressing issues of food waste, hunger and poverty, uh, prison recidivism, unemployment. And that's a really tall order for one kitchen to do. But we do that by kind of Uh, piecing together a lot of items that society has often overlooked, including food that might otherwise go to waste and people that are often wasted. So we take surplus food from wholesalers and farmers that has cosmetic imperfections, and we turn that perfectly edible food into thousands of healthy, nutritious meals for the community. And we do that through a culinary job training program where we train men and women who are transitioning out of foster care, homelessness, and incarceration for careers in the culinary and hospitality industry. Great. So let's let's uh, maybe take a step-by-step approach here. Because mm-hmm. uh, as I understand it, you have a, uh, kind of a four-pronged approach. So Uh, I'd love to be able to just walk through each one of those and and just get an understanding of of kind of the specifics. Um, And, and, you know, we can maybe even look under the hood there as to how some of these challenges came about and and, um, kind of the, you know, how you're quantifying your success. So you've got reducing food waste. Um, This is a big problem that we've we've talked about on on the show before with other folks. Uh, I think uh, Hunger for America, uh, we we spoke to a few months ago. Um, There is a ton of food waste, uh, as you said, and a lot of it is, unfortunately, I think because of cosmetic imperfections, right? We need our apples to be of a certain size, oblong shape and color and shininess, or for whatever crazy psychological reason, we won't buy them. Um, How much waste is there? 
in the in, I guess in the country, uh, if you if you want to focus on your geographic area in Southern California, then we can. But mm-hmm. can you help us understand how how much waste there is? And and I'm going to define waste as perfectly good, tasty food that just you know for whatever reason may not uh, be brought to market and and you know sold in in the market. Right. So there is an astonishing amount of food that goes to waste in America. It's estimated that 40% of all food in the U.S. goes to waste. And about 20% of all food is perfectly edible and nutritious product that is perhaps surplus. There's not a commercial demand for it. It's cosmetically imperfect, too big, too small, not the right color and nick on one side. And it is really astonishing when you compare that fact of all of this wasted food with the fact that one in six San Diegans are food insecure or don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And when we started Kitchens for Good, we really looked at these two opposing issues and thought there's got to be a better way if we could only take all of this surplus produce from wholesalers, farmers, grocery stores, and turn it into healthy meals, then voila, there goes hunger. But what we quickly understood as we started to ask the question of how many meals would we really need to make to solve hunger, we kept coming up against the answer that hunger is not just about food, it's about poverty. And to really solve hunger, it's not just giving more people food, we need to empower people to have money in their pockets to buy that food. And so that's really where our job training program comes in as well. And uh, just one other question that related to the food waste. How, how you, you mentioned it briefly, but how specifically are you obtaining the food? Um, just almost walk me through the logistics of that. Yeah. So we work with partner wholesalers and farmers um, that have surplus produce. So that includes specialty produce, one of the largest restaurant wholesalers in San Diego, a couple of Vons grocery stores. And then we also work really closely with the farmers markets through a partnership with an organization called Produce Good. And we go to those farmers markets every Sunday. And a lot of the farmers don't have another market until Thursday of the following week. So a lot of that produce that they brought to market is just going to end up going to waste. So every week we walk around the farmer's market and collect that produce and we bring that back to our kitchen. And then we also send drivers out to those wholesale companies and grocery stores on a weekly basis to pick up produce as well. A lot of it is, um, again, it's just perfectly edible product that perhaps they have a new shipment of mushrooms coming in later that week. And so they don't have room for the old stuff. So they just basically put it aside to toss, but we're able to come in and uh, and rescue that product to incorporate it into our meal programs. And are you are you purchasing it from them, or are you frankly just kind of doing a favor? Yeah, we're actually it's it's really a win win. It's um, they donate it to us, and it's uh, free of cost. Um, and why that's great for the uh, for the wholesalers is because for a lot of these wholesale companies and grocery stores, if they didn't donate it, they would otherwise have to pay a huge hauling fee for the trash delivery mm. or composting. And there are more and more regulations coming into play in the coming years 
around um, food waste diversion and making sure that any large food waste producers have to divert that food into either food rescue for hunger relief or into compost. And so there's, it's a bit of a, um, it's, it's really kind of a growing movement of a lot of these food businesses really getting on board with donating this product. Mm, it, it, one of the more sensible, sensible uh, approaches that you could imagine. And so uh, then there's the culinary job training. So I think, as I understand this, is that you have students uh, and graduates that are uh, selected for this program. And I, I believe that those individuals uh, perhaps need a bit of a fresh start uh, in life. And you, I think, are training them to uh, become cooks, and then you help them with employment. Is this generally correct? Exactly. So our students are coming to us with um, these backgrounds or labels that feel like they're imprinted on their forehead in permanent marker, labels of felon, addict, homeless, and foster kid. And many of them have never had held a job before and are really in need of that training and second chance to become productive members of society. And so our program does just that. What we say is we teach them life skills and nice skills. And so during mm-hmm. 12-week apprenticeship program, our students really gain all the skills they need to not only get a job, but keep a job in the culinary industry. So we're not just teaching them how to work um, as a cook, but really what does it mean to show up on time, be a good employee, work well as a team, um, and really become a valuable cook that's going to advance in the industry. And how many lives have you helped change uh... Uh, is it annually or, or how? Yeah, we have graduated over 165 students. And we're really pleased that over 90% of our graduates remain employed in the culinary and hospitality industry. And they're working at some of the top restaurants across San Diego, from the Cucina Urbana to a lot of the Cohen restaurants, Urbanwood, um, and many, many more. And what's so amazing and exciting is that they're not just staying as prep cooks or line cooks, but they're really advancing. And students that graduated a year ago are now running the kitchens they're in. Um, we've got students who are uh, a graduate Tara, who's now the sous chef at Cucina Sorella, and hiring other graduates to work in that restaurant. So it's really an amazing evolution just to see how far our students can go. Wow. Incredible, incredible effort at a, a local level to truly turn lives around that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, as you said, they, they've, they have labels and, and they just needed a chance that goes to show that, that, uh, you know, people have that willingness and desire to turn their lives around and, um, you know, give, give themselves an opportunity, which, you're, you're, you're helping them with, right? You're not doing it for them. You're just finally maybe giving them a, giving them a chance. Uh, and then there's a healthy meals prong to this, I believe as well. Right. So, um, you, you're, the food is, I'm going to really oversimplify here, but you're, <laughs> acquiring, you're acquiring the food, you're having people prepare the food, and then you're bringing the food, uh, to sell, help, uh, solve the hunger problem or, or right. said, food insecurity challenges in San Diego. So uh, shed a little bit of light on that for us too. Absolutely. So this is actually a really critical part of our job training program as well. 
because it's not just enough to learn how to chop an onion or learn how to braise something and then call it a day. You've really got to practice, practice, practice to get good at it. And so our students practice their culinary skills by preparing thousands of nutritious meals for our community. This year, we'll prepare over 200,000 meals that will go to at-risk youth, homebound seniors, and um, homeless programs across San Diego. And for students, this is a really, this is really one of their favorite parts of the program, because for many of them, they've been in scenarios of being hungry and homeless and down and out. And for so long, they have been cast as, as really as drains on society. And this really gives them a chance to be part of the solution and to be giving back and on the other end of that feeding line. And many of our students will tell us that that's really a reason to get up in the morning is to be a part of that mission. And we distribute those meals to over 20 after-school programs serving at-risk youth across San Diego, as well as various senior sites. And it's really amazing to provide those meals to people that really need them. While there's a lot of food going out, that's uh, bulk pantry distribution of a bunch of groceries if you are a working mom or a kid of a working mom or a senior, um, turning a bag of mismatched groceries into a healthy meal is a pretty big challenge. So providing mm. these really delicious gourmet heat and eat options is really helping people, helping meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to quantify this impact, I mean, it, you know, let, let, let me, let me attempt to even to understand it. You have uh, an untold amount of, you know, food that is being wasted. Mm -hmm. uh, you have uh, people that are, a a as uh, I mean, we're, I'm going to use a term here. That's not my term, but it's society's term, right? Drains on society, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, if these individuals ended up, um, uh, you, you know, in jail or whatnot, there's, there's a, there's a number to that, right? I'm sure, sure that economists can attach a number to that. Uh, and then you also have food that you're providing so that uh, at-risk youth, you know, um, homeless or, or seniors, and by providing them food and nourishment, that makes them, um, happier, more productive, leading a more fulfilling life uh, and whatnot. Is there a way to fully quantify this? I mean, we're just talking about San Diego at this moment. And I could come up with, I think I could put a lot of commas in this number, right? <laughs> that, that this, this um, what seems like a quick, small impact, like, oh yeah, you know, you're helping some people get jobs, you're getting, but we're talking some pretty big numbers here, right? In terms of, um, economic impact within a community. Absolutely. If you just look at our students alone, that number is, uh, it costs San, Di cost San Diego County about $75,000 a year to incarcerate someone. And so you look at that cost savings of our students out in the industry, now paying taxes, contributing to society, over 75 graduates a year, um, as opposed to that, uh, that cost of incarceration or homelessness. And then you look at also those meals. Um, I think a big other uh, hidden cost is around obesity and, and health issues, where if we don't 
properly feed people early on or throughout their lives, the cost is just going to grow in terms of the health consequences as well. So, you know, for us, it's really about piecing together these, uh, these disparate pieces of men and women that need a second chance food that also needs a second chance and, um, really uncovering their true, their true potential. Mm. I think if there's any graduate students out there looking for a project, then I would encourage them to reach out to you and, and somehow try and, uh, you know, put a number to this, um, and, and, you know, give something people to understand and latch on and, and hopefully scale out. Um, I understand that, that there, you can hire, uh, kitchens for good as well for weddings and celebrations for catering as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's our other fourth and really core part of our mission is our social enterprise. So we knew early on that we didn't want to be your typical nonprofit that was wholly reliant on grants and donations to support all of our amazing work. Mm -hmm. And if we ever didn't get a grant or a donor decided to go another way, we never wanted to have to turn our students away. So we built social enterprise and revenue generation into everything we do. So we operate a really robust catering and events operation. We do over 500 catered events a year, over 1.5 million in sales. And that ranges everything from conferences to weddings, meetings, parties, quinceaneras, you name it, we cater it. And what's ex what that does is two really important things. One, it generates 60% of the revenue of Kitchens for Good, meaning we only have to rely for 40% of, on philanthropy. And the other really important thing that it does is it provides the on-the-job training to our culinary students. Because what we found is that you can be, um, we can talk to our students all day long about what it's like in the real world. And sometimes they've just got to punch in and do the work to get that experience. So our students really get a lot out of working in our catering and events uh, operation as well. Is there a, uh, is there any financial benefit that, uh, that people may find with hiring or is catering in addition to the obvious uh, social benefit, but is it, is it a little bit less? Is there is kind of a, a separate value proposition there? Um, I would say that it's absolutely delicious food at very competitive <laughs> prices. Um, and we also have an amazing event space that is pretty unique. We have an 18,000 square foot event hall with 400 free parking spaces. And it's one of the few event halls that's not attached to a hotel, thus making it a bit cheaper than other options. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Because I know the cost can add up for that. Yeah. So how did... Uh... How'd you decide to do this, Aviva? <laughs> I think yeah. it was your, you and your co-founder, uh, Chuck Samuelson, right? Like, how did this come about? Absolutely. Um, so Chuck had spent, you know, over 40 years in the hospitality industry, and he's really a prime example of um, what our students' transformation is all about, coming from a... Uh, broken home, high school dropout, addiction, homelessness, to then, um, you know, working his way up and out through kitchens from cook to chef to restaurant owner and, and up from there. And um, I came to this having spent many years in the hunger relief community, um, always working on helping to distribute food to those in need. Um, and becoming really frustrated with the notion that we're not, 
it felt like we were slapping a Band-Aid on a much deeper issue of poverty. Um, and we weren't helping anyone become more empowered or more self-sufficient. And so that was really our inspiration. And when Chuck and I met, uh, we, we got it off the ground. <laughs> and how many years has it been? Um, we are celebrating our fourth year this summer. Awesome. So let's talk about how you can be found out there and we'll make sure we get these links. Uh, you're at kitchensforgood.org. Yes. Uh, and it looks like folks can follow you on Facebook as well at Kitchens for Good and yeah. Instagram also. Is there anything else that you want to share with any of our listeners about how they can get involved? Sure. So I'll just mention that whether you want to donate or cater your event, but also really importantly is your time. Um, we have some pretty awesome volunteer opportunities. Um, every night from Sunday through Thursday, we have uh, we have vol- volunteer cooking opportunities in our kitchen where you can come work side by side with our students and our graduates to prepare the meals for our partner organizations. So that's a really fun time if anyone's interested. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, you know, <laughs> I think everything you've said speaks a bit for itself in terms of what incredible positive impact you're having. Uh, one can only hope that you have your eyes also set on uh, on other metro areas beyond San Diego as well. Um, I can't imagine that there's any corner of it, of our country, never mind the world, that couldn't benefit from this program. Um, is that? Do you have any um, kind of ambitious goals related to that? Uh, global domination for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, we, you know, we're really interested in expanding to North County, San Diego in 2019. Um, there's a huge need up in Escondido, San Marcos and Vista. And unfortunately, none of those individuals in need of our services can access them um, just based on the the sheer span of San Diego County. So we really hope to open a second facility in operation up there in 2019. Outstanding. Well, best of luck to that and uh, in your kind of continued contribution to our community. I think our listeners know we're based in San Diego as well. So uh, I offer our our gratitude to you for that. And uh, thank you again for joining us. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Just a Taste, the Chef's Best Production. Join us again next time as we talk to more experts in marketing, retail, and production in the food and beverage industry. You can always visit us at chefsbest.com to learn more.